from the big screen to the small screen and everything in between. This is the Screeners Podcast, where all media is appreciated, but none is safe. Hey everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Screeners Podcast. This is Daniel. This is Chad. I'm Chris. I'm Melody. And I'm Josh. And we're back yet again to talk about all things media. We've got an action-packed episode for you tonight, but first, I want to remind you to like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at ScreenersCast, and you can always send us an email at ScreenersCast at gmail.com. We want to hear from you, so hit us up, comment, uh, join in the conversation. Uh, We always love to hear what you guys are interested in and what you want to hear us talk about. So, now that that is all out of the way, let's move on to our first jump cut. Jump cut. For our first jump cut this evening, we thought we would visit one of the most iconic directors in the history of cinema. Since our main event review tonight is Bridge of Spies, I thought it would be interesting to find out among the screeners here and the listeners at home, what is your favorite Steven Spielberg film? And not only what is your favorite, but what is your least favorite? There's no denying that Steven Spielberg has had one of the largest influences on cinema over just about any director. There's even shots named specifically for Spielberg. And so with that, I want to jump to Daniel. So Daniel, you're a a longtime lover of film, screenwriting. I know Spielberg has a special place in your heart, so I'm interested. And what we'll do is let's start with our favorites, and then we'll go around and do our least favorites. So Daniel... What is your favorite Steven Spielberg movie? You're exactly right. He does have a have a special place in my heart. I, I mean, he's he's Spielberg. He is the master. So when I was looking through uh, Spielberg's filmography to, to make sure I didn't miss anything, I was it was really really hard to narrow it down. I mean, uh, it's it goes without saying. This is really really hard to pick the best. And I was trying to be not so obvious with my with my picks, but um it's a little hard not to. So so my favorite movie from Spielberg is Saving Private Ryan. And it's it's not exactly a, a hidden gem, but uh, I mean it's one of the best movies of all time. Not just the best Spielberg, mm. it is one of the best movies of all time. And so um it really doesn't get any better than that. I mean it it's it's just so impactful uh, in so many ways. So, so that's my favorite uh, Spielberg movie. Um, I tried to pick a second, and um, I mean, there were like a dozen that I could name for number two. It's really, really hard to pick. But again, you know, I, I was scrolling through. Raiders could be there. Minority Report, Catch Me If You Can, Jaws. But it really just comes down to Jurassic Park is my is my number two. I could watch that film so much. It, every single time. I watch it. It's just I get so excited every time that music comes up and and it reveals the the dinosaurs for the first time. I mean, I still have get you know my heart is warmed. So so yeah. So that's well, my number two. Excellent. Don't call me a prophet, but I have a feeling we may hear that one mm. come up again in just <laughs> a minute. No way. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. So that's good. That's good, Daniel. Saving Private Ryan. That's that's interesting. I don't know that that is that is as mainstream a pick as you think it is, but we'll see. We'll see. All right, really? Melody. Okay. What about you? What's your favorite Spielberg movie? Well, I thought this was going to be a little harder for me than it was because obviously, like we've said, uh, almost any of his films could be like top of the list of you know whatever genre. And there's so many that I love for sure, but I have a clear winner in my mind, and it's a film that. I have I have watched many many times and love very dearly and that would be uh, Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. I know it's not Raiders and I know Raiders is like the more popular favorite, but I don't care. <laughs> Last Crusade is is my happy place. I love Sean Connery and that's my pick. I have many treasured memories and I used to be able to quote many many parts of that film. So I could do a little Sean Connery for you if you wanted, but I'll pass. No, No, please do. (laughs) You can't tease us like that. You can't be like, I have the movie memorized and I do a little Sean Connery, but you can't hear it. Let's go. Come on. Let's go. I'm not actually going to quote Sean Connery. (laughs) (laughs) Melody, you've greatly disappointed our fans out there. Yeah. Uh, Okay, let me think of a good one. Hang on. It's going to be worth it, folks. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> the armies be the rocks and the trees and the birds and the sky. My Charlemagne. <laughs> <laughs> I told you it was going to be worth it. I told you. No, it's, <laughs> it's like one of the best quotes from that movie. Yeah, but I think it goes, I, I suddenly remembered my Charlemagne. Let the birds. Yes, re- that's it. Yeah, I know that's it. <clears throat> 
All right. I know very well what an anal bum cover is. I tried for the better part of my life to invent one. <laughs> that is not <laughs> from the last crusade. Yeah, Thank you very much. I don't remember that one. <laughs> you know exactly what I'm talking about. <laughs> Canadian ponce. <laughs> All I can say is you're welcome, folks. That's why you listen to this podcast. It's that entertainment value that we're bringing on a routine basis. So, All right, Melly. Well, that's actually a good pick. And I, if I'm being honest, of the of the four films or three i pretend one doesn't exist <laughs> that's my favorite one too no doubt it all is right awesome. christopher surprise us if you dare <laughs> what is your favorite spielberg <laughs> film of all time well i think there there really is only one right answer to this question i'm gonna be honest <laughs> and the two of you were incorrect the best movie steven spielberg has ever made the best movie ever made <laughs> is, is a movie called wow. jurassic park uh, and there is no better movie than that it is the perfect film i think I, honestly i believe it is truly the perfect film so anyway I, I i i could talk about jurassic park all night but i won't jurassic park is the correct answer and the rest of you are wrong thank you in honor of you chris Hold i'm gonna to play i'm gonna play a little score from jurassic park right now Aww. All right, Joshua, now that Chris has shocked the world, what, what is your, and I hate to use the word favorite, I don't know that you have a favorite anything in the universe, but what is your, you too, what is the movie that you hate the least from Steven Spielberg? <laughs> That's my kind of question. <laughs> so we're just talking about movies he directed, right? Because I didn't have time to go through the list of movies he produced because I'm pretty sure that's like all the movies. Right. It is all, it's all of the movies. <laughs> and TV so, shows. <laughs> That's yeah, true. and TV shows. And he has acting credits, which I didn't know. But my favorite on the list, I don't know, is kind of tough to pick. He's just got so many that stand up at the top of the pack that it's like, yes, that is a very good movie. That is a very good movie. But so in that sense, they kind of start to blend together for me. So out of his list, Munich might be my favorite. Okay. But I have a feeling I would mm. really like Amistad if I actually sat down and watched the whole thing. Ah. <laughs> oh my, you've never seen Amistad? Josh, I'm, that's like your kind of movie. It is definitely your that's, kind of that's movie. That's why I said what I did. I assumed it was my kind of movie. <laughs> <laughs> I'm surprised nobody said Bridge of Spies. That's I'm, I'm shocked. That well, that we got to get to the review to find uh, out what Chad what, hasn't given spoiler. his answer yet. Oh, that's yet. true. Hello. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Chad to be our least favorite. That's Chad, true. Josh, that's a that's a great pick. Actually, I Munich yeah. should have won a cat the Academy Award that year that it was in there. That is, that's a wonderful yeah. movie for sure. So, for my favorite Spielberg movie, I very much did like Daniel. I, I'm I'm really torn between three movies trying to pick my favorite. One I think is probably the best movie, and the other two just have a real sentimental attachment for me. And so, for me, if I had to pick just one. It's going to be Jaws. It's got to be Jaws. It's right. 1975. It defined and created the summer blockbuster experience, the first movie theatrically to make $100 million. When I was a little boy, I was, I want to say, seven, six or seven years old, we would go to my grandparents' house, and they had a big swimming pool in the back. We were learning. This is a story time with Chad, kids, so settle in. We were learning how to swim, okay? And I had just gotten to the point where I could swim without my floaties, and I was, you know, thought I was super cool. And so one evening, the entire family, my family, my grandparents, cousins, uncles, were all watching Jaws for the first time uh, in their home. And I was terrified, <laughs> terrified. I didn't really think in my little 
young man's brain, young boy's brain that I was supposed to go swimming the next day. And so I went out to the pool and I just wouldn't get in. I was not having it. Well, my uncle, who's, you know, a good bit older than me, they thought it would be hilarious if they would pick me up and throw me in the water in the deep end again and again and again while I screamed in terror. So that tells you a lot about what happened to me. Uh, uh. And, and how I turned out. So they thought it was hilarious. <laughs> and you love Jaws? I, I thought this it was not hilarious. Wow. And so that's why, like, when we go to the ocean, I'm like, I'm not getting in the ocean. Jaws is in there, buddy. I'm not, I'm not doing it. But I've grown to love that movie, and that's a totally true story. But it is, it's perfect. It is the budgetary limitations of that movie, which didn't allow them to show the shark, actually made it so much more terrifying. And when the Blu-ray came out a couple of years ago, I watched it again just to see, and it still holds up. It's just, it's marvelous filmmaking. My number two and number three would be like Color Purple or Minority Report, but for me, there's there's no no question that it's that it's Jaws. Your Jurassic Park is Jaws. It is. I understand. It is. Understand. It is. That, that story you told is like the story somebody would tell for a reason that they hate the movie. Right? Passion. Exactly. Well, because I, I, watched, by watching the movie, I overcame my fear. I showed him who was boss. Well, I guess so. It, it reminded me of the same, a similar story that I had. It was, you know. With dinosaurs? Exactly. <laughs> I was thrown into a. <laughs> thrown into a dinosaur pit. <laughs> right. I like it. Again and again and again, but I ended up loving Jurassic Park, so. That's good. Good for you. (laughs) Well, so my thing is I often used to say that Steven Spielberg never directed a bad film. Well, that's not really true. And so uh, I thought it would be I thought it would really be interesting to talk about the movie that we like the least, maybe even dislike if you can dislike a Steven Spielberg film and I think it may be possible so let's go back around uh, the horn here and let's Daniel let's go back to you what is your least favorite Spielberg film all right so this was also pretty difficult because I haven't actually seen a lot of the ones that people say uh, often say are his worst films like I haven't seen Always or 1941 so for me uh, I have to go with War Horse which was just so boring. I don't. I don't understand the appeal of that film at all. And it was nominated for Best Picture too, which just still confuses me. I mean, it's technically, you know, it's technically fine. You know, it looks great for sure. But for me, there was just nothing going on. I was so bored out, out of my mind. So yeah, I just really didn't care about anything that happened. All right, all right. <laughs> That's a solid pick. I think you'd probably have a lot of people on the don't like Warhorse uh, train. What about you, Melody? Do you have a least favorite? I absolutely have a least favorite. This was a no-brainer answer for me because my most favorite is The Last Crusade. My least favorite (laughs) is very, very certainly Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, which, like Chad, I do pretend does not exist. It doesn't exist. I don't know what you're talking about. That film is quite possibly, I'm pretty sure, is my biggest film disappointment of all time. Like, Mm -hmm. all-time biggest disappointment it was so bad. I can't even talk about how bad it was. I can't even talk about all the things I hated about that movie. And I, it, it's not even because I have so much love for the originals. Like it's just that bad. I don't, I don't understand what went wrong. It was horrible. And let's, we should just all pretend that it doesn't exist. No, no. Now hold on here. Oh, what oh, was the last time? Don't you step yeah, up? Don't yeah. you step up to try to defend this? Daniel. I'm doing it. I'm oh, no. doing it. Ooh. When was the last time you watched that movie? Was it in theaters? It was. Yeah, I was. I would not okay. watch that film again. Everybody who oh, hates no. that movie hasn't gone and rewatched it. If you Daniel. if you marathon those what? movies, what? it fits. It no. fits, y'all. I'm telling you, it's not. Now let me. No. Now, it is the worst. Swinging the worst through the jungle on vines. Those but, stupid uh, monkeys. Yes. Are you kidding me? Yeah. At which part during that marathon do you watch the South Park episode about the movie? (laughs) (laughs) I love that episode, actually. But but I promise you, it's not as bad as you remember. I'm not saying it's anywhere near as good as uh, as the rest of the movies, but it's still an okay movie. It's Uh, not the horror show. Let let them keep talking. Let them keep talking. (laughs) Digging that hole. Kingdom of the Crystal Skull is a better film than War Horse. That's what you're saying. Absolutely. Oh, Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. I have no Absolutely. war horse in this fight, but I want to hear it keep going. <laughs> <laughs> Go 
<laughs> Listen, please send it's, all it's emails really... directed to Daniel to at screenerscast <laughs> yes. at gmail.com. We will read them on the air, I promise. <laughs> I, please, I'm telling you, if you yeah, I, I promise, oh. if you go and rewatch the movie it, it, with an open mind, it is not as bad as you remember. <laughs> if you'll just tell yourself this isn't the worst film ever made, it may not be. <laughs> If you just tell yourself you get in this fridge, you can survive a nuclear blast. There were so many crazy things like that in the other That's movies. True. That like, is true. I'm telling you, it fits better than people remember it. It's well, not as good no. as the rest of the movies, but it's not a bad movie. No. It's not. No, no. I think uh, the problem was it came out so much after the other ones, and everyone had all this nostalgia for these other ridiculous movies. They're they like, oh, this movie is terrible, not remembering that yes. they were children when they first saw the others. Yes. Right. That is an exactly. element, there's an element exactly. of truth there, but I think the problem is that that movie is horrible. Yeah, I think, I think the issue there is, is that you've got a film, you've got a trilogy, three films that are really loved. And if you decide to revisit those movies again, you have to be respectful and understand that it's going to be real easy to screw it up. And so like if, if, if you have something so silly on the screen, it's going to show up and it's going to tarnish even so if if you'd have called that movie something else maybe it would have been better but because it had the history of these nostalgic wonderful are films are you kidding it would like not if you have called been it better. star wars episode <laughs> 1 exactly yeah, that's exactly what I was going to say it's exactly <laughs> the same deal it's exactly the same deal if you got if you got movies that have such high place in geekdom and in culture and you decide to revisit those movies you got to make sure you're doing it right otherwise you're going to you're going to screw up i feel like they just oh, rest on their laurels they just hoped that the, the yeah. name and recognition alone would work, and it, it just didn't. It was seeing it was Harrison no, Ford in the hat was not enough. People. The reason why I'm continuing to do this is because it's my pick as well. It, it's <laughs> Good definitely for you. the absolute. It, it's the only. There's only one right answer if you're looking at the worst film in his <laughs> filmography, and it would definitely be Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. It's it's awful. That's all I have to say. I, we don't need to bury that movie anymore. But That's it is. True. I definitely. Not, I, I woke up this morning and. I never in a million years, I could have said with 100% certainty, I will not be having a discussion about Kingdom of the Crystal Skull <laughs> and trying to convince somebody that it is a bad movie. That's why that I'm would here, have guys. never That's why I'm here. happened. So Defending Dan, the defenseless. I believe, here. I believe if Daniel had included that on his resume, we might not be hearing from him right now. <laughs> exactly right. You, think, <laughs> what? you think what's a good movie? I'm just saying. <laughs> not sure this guy's right. <laughs> I used to think Chris was the only person that loved everything, but Daniel. Exactly. My goodness, you've taken that to a new level. If I get you a t-shirt with I Love San Andreas on the front and Kingdom of the Crystal Skull on the back, Daniel, will you wear it? I, we, we need to roll back the tape because I never said I love San Andreas. I'm pretty sure you said that. I'm pretty this sure. has gone on far too I think, long. I think he said he loved I'm, it. I'm pretty sure you did. This is number one movie of all time, I'm I think. Sure. I'm pretty sure. Oh, someone stopped the madness. And next on Time Filling Theater. All right, so Josh. What is your least favorite Spielberg movie? Uh, least favorite that I've seen? Because I would love to say AI right here, but I just avoided that one altogether. You shouldn't. I, no. Any, any chance I get to not watch a Haley Joel Osment movie, I'm, <laughs> I'm down. So I'm going to have to say the second Jurassic Park because... Mm. Eh. Lost World. The Lost World. Mm-hmm. Yes, Lost World. Because three wasn't on the list, and well. sadly, he didn't direct it. I won't defend it. Yeah. yeah, I like the I like the first two thirds of the Lost World. When they left the island, it got a little crazy. But the first two thirds, I thought was a pretty good action movie. Had some good set pieces. But my least favorite was down to two. And this is you know if you go through the filmography, it's pretty clear. The Always is actually not that bad. It's it's watchable. It's pretty good. <laughs> it's watchable. I mean, it is. It is. I pray. Nineteen forty one, not bad. Movies like Crystal Skull. Not watchable. There, it's not. It's just so <laughs> awful. So, but for me, it was a. It wasn't a tie. But the two that were in contention were the ones we've already talked about here. It's Crystal Skull and War Horse. Um, War Horse, I didn't think was nearly as bad as Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. But we've already beat that. Beat that into the ground. <laughs> War Horse so. is. I'm sorry. War Horse is not bad filmmaking. War no. Horse is boring. <laughs> sure. It's just not. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Yeah. Sure. 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 So. I think the screeners, we did not have a consensus for this, so we can't crown an official favorite movie, but we can 
by a three to two vote crown Crystal Skull, the worst Spielberg movie ever made. Shame. We will give it the San Andreas Memorial (laughs) worst (laughs) award. So there you go. So. Did any of our did any of our uh, Facebook commentators list Crystal Skull as their least favorite? Well, that's interesting because I I have a couple here. We had Diane G uh, from Tennessee, who her favorite was Schindler's List, and her least favorite was AI. Mm. Uh, and she said it was because of wow. cru- cruel content. Now, I love AI. Huh. I think it's I think yeah. it's actually I do too. Pretty marvelous. It's like it's a fun. It's movie. interesting. One of my commenters uh, also said, uh, Jesse, uh, said that his least favorite was Hook. Uh, so oh, wow. well, I had a little had a little conversation with him. I was wondering if there was any sentimental connection uh, at all there or if he just hated it. And uh, he just says no. He just uh, straight up hates that movie. So did, there you go. And then another one. Uh, he did. He said Schindler's List and Saving Private Ryan were his favorites. Okay. So I can't really argue with either of those. And then another one, Joel, said that his least favorite is Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Yes. Oh, All right. <laughs> Daniel, you got two strikes. You got San Andreas. Yeah, that's true. Kingdom. We can we can work with excuse a three me, strike. Excuse policy. me, has have any of you seen San Andreas? No. no. Okay. No. Can't say anything. Touche, sir. Well, we did have though. We did have Bill comment and say that Saving Private Ryan was his favorite. So that's another another vote for Saving Private Ryan. Oh. And uh, another one for Hook as well. Uh, Chad, not you, Chad, but another gotcha. Chad. Yes, was favorite was Hook. So and that's interesting. Have, did he have we a least a... favorite? Uh, his least favorite War of the Worlds. What? Oh, no. What? That's, uh, I don't know about that. I, um, I love that movie. Well, the world's was pretty really awesome. Good. It was. I kind of want to watch that again. Some of those things I need to revisit. That, with, that and Minority Report, I need to watch. Yeah. Oh, that's that's Minority Report is a great movie. Uh, Nate uh, Nate Pete <sighs> on the on the screeners page said that his favorite Spielberg film was a tie between Hook, Jurassic Park, and Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. It sounds like you're trying to have your cake and eat it too there, Nate. Yes. <laughs> Those are all wonderful films. I totally agree. And he says his least favorite, Temple of Doom, which... Wow. I could see that. I could see that. It, it was definitely tonally dark. I, you know, I, I've always... Had a fascination yeah. with those first the, those first three films, or the only three films in the Indiana Jones uh, trilogy, right. and uh, that middle one's always been strange. Uh, people don't know where to place it. It's just it kind of sticks out like a sore thumb. It's not a bad movie, but it's you know just a lot. Molaram. All right, guys. Well, I think we've got it nailed down. Steven Spielberg is still the undefeated champion and has only made one bad movie. One bad movie. Number two. All right, guys, there are great movies out there. And then there are the movies that you can watch over and over and over again. Oftentimes, you see a movie and you've seen it, right? It's over. It's done. You feel pretty good. You may revisit it once or twice. But there are, there's, a, there's a rare breed of film that you just crave the ability to be able to continually watch over and over and over again. You like to share it and you don't mind seeing it a 10th, 11th, 20th. 50th time and those movies are super special and very rare if I do say so myself and so I wanted to talk talk just a little bit about those movies what movies do you find to be infinitely rewatchable and enjoyable even on the 50th time viewing them so Chad do you have one of those films that you really enjoy watching over and over and over again I do I do I love to be surprised it's, it's one of those things where a lot of times you'll get a movie you'll purchase a movie after having seen it in the theater and because you really liked it and then you'll revisit it at home and it's even better or like daniel was trying to say in the last segment you see something that you maybe didn't like and then you watch it again and then it's even a little better and so you're just always entertained but typically even for a big film buff like i am i'll buy something on blu-ray i'll watch it once or twice and then it just really sits on the shelf but I've got two or three, uh, but one in particular that it doesn't matter when it's on, I'm I'm going to watch as much of it as I can. So one of those is The Karate Kid, the original Karate Kid, Daniel LaRusso. I just love that movie. I can watch it. It's so bad, really. Honestly, the acting's kind of kind of rough. But there's something endearing about it that I still love. But for me, there's a clear number one. I maybe conservatively have watched this movie. I'm gonna I'm gonna have to say like 80 times. I mean, I love it, and that is 
Ocean's Eleven. It's wow. A, yeah. I don't yeah, know right. what it is, huh. but just the the group dynamic in that movie, the heist, the way that it comes together, the the cast, which is excellent, the storytelling, which is really, really very tight. I can watch that movie and I'm always entertained. I'm always enjoying the performances. I'm always excited. And I don't know why it's just that movie, but when I was trying to put this list together, it just kept floating to the top because I've probably seen that movie more than any other movie that I've ever seen, which is crazy because it's not my favorite movie of all time. Hmm. But I will watch the heck out of that thing. So for me, yeah, it's Ocean's Eleven. I love Brad Pitt, Clooney. It's just great. Yeah, it's a good movie. That's a good pick. Sure. Josh, have you ever watched a movie more than once? <laughs> you know what, Chris? <laughs> you know what? <laughs> I'm just asking. Well, I want to start off by saying that we didn't mention this at the top of the question, but to get our conversation going on this, we read an article on uh, 538.com about the most rewatchable movie of all time. And I just want to start out by saying that article was terrible. Yeah, that's why, and, I, didn't mar- that's yeah, why I didn't mention it, yeah. Josh. <laughs> well, I'm glad everyone agreed with me. So we but I'm so on. surprised that you brought it up to mention how terrible it is, Josh. <laughs> I did because, because 538, Nate Silver started 538, and it was this great statistical analysis of elections and political campaigns and stuff, and he sold it to ESPN, and now it's putting out this garbage. Anyways, moving along. <laughs> My answer is yes, Chris. I have seen a couple movies more than once, just a couple. I've had my fair share of viewings of Goodwill Hunting and Magnolia. Oh, but a good for sheer rewatchability, hands down, for me, it's Guy Ritchie's first two um, feature length movies mm. Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Barrels, and yes. Snatch. Yes. We watched oh, that how wow. many times in college? That's oh, right, Josh. Many times. Yes. And they're always entertaining. They are. That's true. Fantastic. Wow, that's good picks. Josh said the word fantastic talking about a movie, guys. Let's have a hand. Wow. <laughs> have you seen these movies? I have. I'm just so they happy that you like up. them. <laughs> they're great movies. That's awesome. All right, Melody, how about you? <laughs> you guys aren't going to like my answer for this, but. Okay, I'm sure it's because it was in the context of the previous question, but I really can't come up with a better answer than Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. I'm not even kidding you. I've I've probably awesome. seen that movie probably maybe more than any movie all but maybe except for Aladdin because we did watch Aladdin almost every day for a very long time when I was a child and I could quote slash sing the entire movie, but Is that's that an not offer? on my uh, no, it's not. Come but on. but Last Crusade, like I don't know. I I really just want to go watch it right now. So that's this. I'm glad that we've done this podcast so that I can go revisit the happiness from my childhood. Uh, but if if I have to talk about something other than Indiana Jones in this episode, I could put the Lord of the Rings movies on that on that list for me, and I could put several of the Star Trek movies on that list for me. Since I'm a girl, I'll just plug the rom-coms for the girls out there. If I'm in the mood for romantic comedy, my go-to rewatchable is While You Were Sleeping. So there you are, ladies. I love Sandra Bullock. It's a great movie. A lot of quotable lines. <laughs> I'm not ashamed. My go-to rom-com is Notting Hill, and I don't care who knows it. It's great. That's a great one, it's but great. it's not as good as While You Were Sleeping. While You Were Sleeping just sounds like the very the beginning of a very creepy sentence. I don't know what happens. <laughs> 40-Year-Old Virgin for me. That would be my favorite rom-com. Okay, uh, Daniel, how about you? Yeah, for me, it is one of my favorite films of all time, and and the reason I can watch it over, I, I've seen definitely seen this film more than any other film. Uh, I grew up watching it, watched it on road trips, watched it on on rainy days, watched it all the time. But it's a criminally forgotten film, and that is that thing you do. Oh yeah, yeah. Great. 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 Cool. yeah. Yep. Oh, so that is that, that is honestly movie? no, that is Tom, Tom Hanks. Hanks. Tom Hanks, that, yeah. Right. He direct, wrote and directed it, and um, it is definitely my favorite film of all time. It, the music is incredible, the group dynamic. It, it made me want to play music. I played drums like Guy because of that film. <laughs> and so, yeah, it's a, just a, that's a really personal movie for me. And so I've seen it, I, I honestly, probably over 100 times. I've just seen that film throughout my entire childhood and, and through now. So definitely need to go I watch agree. that if you have People don't talk about that movie enough. It's really yeah. wonderful. It's it is a they great don't. movie. We should it's watch great. that with the girls, Melody. I think it's they would like that movie. movie. It's really yeah. kind uh, of... It's not good. quite yet. Well, I know. I, at some point. It's, it's just a good, it's a good movie. I think they're almost <laughs> ready for Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. <laughs> uh, That's a no. definitely a kids I, movie. No. <laughs> what? They could do Crystal Skull. They could probably do Crystal Skull. <laughs> oh, yeah. stop yeah. it. Exactly. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, for me... Uh, Jurassic Park is definitely oh rewatchable. Gosh. 
<laughs> but I think the number one film for me in this category, the movie that I've seen more than any other film in my life, would be Terminator 2. Oh, uh, yeah. That movie I can watch I over and over yeah, and man. over again. And I think I've seen it probably nearly as many times as you've seen your film, Chad. 80 times, uh, maybe even more than that. When I was in high school, I had a friend of mine, and we would go to his house. He was able to watch... Was it high school? No, maybe it was even in middle school. Middle school, yeah. He had... he. He had a, a whole collection of R-rated films that I wasn't allowed to be watching, um, but we would wa- we watched Terminator Two. I would say almost every single time I went over there, and oh, it was so good! It Great. just blew my mind. Visual effects still stand up today. Yeah. It is a really good movie. So that would be my pick for uh, the film that I can watch over and over again. The Matrix uh, is close there as well, but Terminator Two is is spectacular, no doubt. Welcome to the main event. All right, for our main event this week, we are reviewing Bridge of Spies. You've been selected for a mission which you are not to discuss with anyone outside of this room. We are engaged in a war with the Soviet Union. This war does not for the moment involve men at arms. It involves information. The Russians want their man back before he cracks. We want you to negotiate the swap. I'm an insurance lawyer. I'm not sure I want to pick that up. Are you good at what you do? This will be a first for the both of us. You should be careful. I'm talking to you about the security of your country. Why aren't we hanging him? He's a spy! You're asking me to violate the Constitution. Do you know how people will look at us? The family of a man trying to free a traitor? Everyone deserves a defense. Every person matters. We need to have the conversation our governments can't. People in my country consider this an act of war. You can call it what you want. Let's be clear. Nobody is safe. Is this your position or your government's? Is there any outcome here where I'm not either detained or shot? Do we need to worry about you? No. What's the move when you don't know what the game is? The next mistake our countries make would be the last one. The IMDb description of Bridge of Spies says an American lawyer is recruited by the CIA during the Cold War to help rescue a pilot detained in the Soviet Union. So this film stars Tom Hanks. It was directed by the great Steven Spielberg. So I'm very interested to hear what you guys thought of the latest Spielberg film. So, Daniel, let's start with you. What did you think of the movie? Well, there's a theory going around that Steven Spielberg is getting soft in his old age. And I have to say, I really disagree with that statement. Uh, A lot of people said that about Lincoln, which I disagree with, but we won't get into that. So with Bridge of Spies, I expect... Some people may call it soft, uh, but to be perfectly honest, I really, really loved the movie. I thought it was excellent. I thought it was engaging, and um, and I I really just loved it a lot. You know, first and foremost, it, it benefits from a really interesting true story. I had never heard of this story before, um, uh, the story of James Donovan direct defending the Russian spy. And so that really, that really captured my attention. I was really into the story. And uh, it, it also benefited from the performances. Tom Hanks and Mark Rylance uh, were really excellent. I wouldn't be surprised if uh, Mark Rylance gets a nomination this year. But yeah, you know, I, I would concede that there's nothing really special about the direction of the movie. I, I couldn't pick anything interesting that Spielberg did out of it. Um, but the story was extremely interesting, and the script, uh, uh, written by the Coen Brothers, was was really excellent as well. I thought it balanced humor very well. There was a, a, a good amount of humor in there uh, for, for what it was. And so, yeah, there, there, other than one moment where I felt like Spielberg's slow sort of directing sort of didn't keep up with the Coen's fast-paced script, there was just one moment that sort of worried me near the beginning, but then the rest of the film really uh, was was fantastic. So, yeah, all, all in all, I wouldn't say it's very challenging, but it's uh, it's an easy watch and it's, it's highly entertaining. So, yeah, I, I really loved it all around. Awesome, awesome. Chris, what did you think? You know, I'm a huge fan of spy movies. I love thrillers, and uh, I enjoy courtroom dramas and, and, and the law. I came out of this movie, and I, I, 
I said to myself and to those who I had seen the film with, we saw it with a group of, of friends. So the last two movies I've seen, The Martian and this film, make me want to be a better person. <laughs> like they just talk about you know morality and the possibility of who we can be as, as a species if we just see each other as as humans. And I thought that was one of the most interesting bits of this film is that it wasn't just about kind of black and white and who was right and who was wrong and fighting for, you know, the the right thing. It was there was a whole kinds of of gray area, but at the end of the day, it was about being a good person and doing what was right even if Everybody else around you was critical of that. I man, I loved it. I I I really enjoyed every piece of it. Now I have to I have to admit and, and say that it did feel like not necessarily up to the level of Steven Spielberg. You know what I mean? Like you expect a certain kind of grandiose nature to his films, but it's so well done. There are some camera moves and shots that he decides there's a point in the in the film i think about two-thirds of the way in or maybe even a little bit before then where tom hanks is meeting with rudolph abel in a like a prison area and the camera goes past a security guard and sweeps over and captures uh, the two of them sitting at a table through a door and it's split into three panels and it's just it's amazing it, the the way that he can tell a story through visuals man i just ate it up like i was just like this is a master just showing off you know what i mean with a story that anybody else could have quote unquote done but this has that that spielberg polish and shine on it i really had a good time uh with this with this movie and 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 felt like yeah, I need to be a better person. I can, you know, I, I, I'm not necessarily, you know, always the standing man. But uh, boy, I'd love to be able to to be called that and and to be told that I stood up for something that I believed in, even in the face of adversity. And uh, and uh, yeah, it's just a great all around movie. It's well well directed. It's well written. There are a couple of performances uh, that I raised my eyebrow at. I was like, Ugh, I don't know. Some of them just kind of stuck out like a sore thumb. There are a few moments. That that felt a little slow, but overall, I really thought this movie got into a good pace. Uh, it didn't fall into any of those categories. I feel like it's its own thing. It's it's not its own. It's it's its own genre. It's not a spy movie. It's not a law movie. It's just a good. It's a good a good story told very very well. Okay, interesting. I would like to make so many comments, but I'll refrain. Chad, how did you like the movie? Well. I think one thing that you can you can clearly say about this movie it's very Spielbergian for sure in in a lot of the best ways and in some ways that might be a little bit <laughs> indulgent. I do think and I don't know if Daniel mentioned this at the beginning or not I don't know if I totally agree with that. I actually do think that his cinematic flourishes are all over this movie as far as the way that the camera moves, uh, even from the beginning, I had to make myself kind of stop paying such attention to the composition uh, <laughs> because every shot was the, was beautiful, of course, no doubt, but was moving uh, multi-tiered where it was following the action and it flowed over a mm. car and then it would wrap around and masterfully done, but almost a little distracting to me at the beginning anyway, although it's full of iconic iconic shots and just gorgeously shot essentially for me what this movie boils down to is a lot of scenes where the dialogue is the action and we mentioned the we mentioned the cohen brothers but this this actually they did the polish on the script it was written by a guy named matt charman and then i came back to see what else he has done and was surprised to see that he's really just kind of known for and i'm quoting here polish on the script for Roland Emmerich's disaster movie 2012. <laughs> so not exactly what? not exactly what you would think um, yeah. would be this pedigree, but there's no doubt that one of the stars of this movie is the script. I, I was yeah, I no loved the dialogue. I loved the action in the scenes of negotiation. Some of my favorite parts of the entire movie were literally Tom Hanks's character talking with one other person. There's a specific scene where he's talking at the beginning with a CIA agent without going into spoilers, and the CIA agent is wanting him to help them do some things, and Tom Hanks at this point 
is all we know about him is that he's an attorney and he's a very principled man. And his response to that guy is one of my absolute favorite things that I've seen in, in, in cinema uh, this year. Just, There's no rule book? Is there, that what you're talking about? It's not the, the rule book. It is that rule book conversation, but it's at the very end of that where he says, and stop nodding at me, you. Oh, <laughs> right. Just, <laughs> yes. oh, so yes. awesome. Yeah. So yeah. awesome. And then the first time, the first time he sits down with, again, try not to go too deep into spoilers here, but the first time he mm-hmm. sits down with someone from the other side and the first maybe four or five minutes of that conversation are very nice and cordial. And there's a lot of subtext about what they're trying not to say. And then they very subtly begin to threaten each other. And it's just brilliant writing and wonderful acting. The problem that I have with this movie, though, if I have a problem, is that the first half or maybe the first third of this movie when we're in America is felt invigorating to me. It was very alive. The character by Mark Rylance, the the way that he plays that character, I think he's a slam dunk for an Academy Award nomination. It was just marvelously done. But then when when we get to where we're going, Uh, which is not in America, the movie kind of bogged down for me. It got a little slow, if I'm being honest. And I don't mean just that that I was bored. I just felt the the decisions that they made and the way that they tried to kind of advance the story really got bogged down a little bit for me. And it was a little uh, sentimental, again. And I know Spielberg's been accused of that. Uh, in the past, but in this case, I just felt that he got a little bit too self-indulgent in that mid area. And then towards the end, it picked back up for me. So overall, I definitely, you can't watch this movie and say it's not well done, marvelously acted. It's a work of art. He's a master at the, we are very blessed to have someone like Steven Spielberg, who's just a master storyteller. So uh, I liked it, but it's not for me, it's not even up to quite the level that Lincoln was. I really enjoyed Lincoln. I think this is maybe a step just below that, but still a solid, solid entry that'll be, I'm sure, nominated for all kinds of things. Yeah, I agree. I I loved the movie overall, um, but I, I do agree. I thought actually the pacing was slower at the beginning than later on in the film. But it was, I I think, honestly, like, I think the reason why it's so slow, too, not just because it's Spielberg, but because there is not a huge chunk of story to tell. Like, there is not a whole lot of plot points in this story aside from conversations. Like, that's pretty much all this is, is a series of conversations. Like, there's not a lot of physical drama, a lot of physical action. There are a few things. But I think that they did an amazing job of telling this story, which was probably all they had was, you know, the bones of it, whatever it was. And they put it together in a way that made it very compelling and very inspiring. Like Chris was saying, it is a very inspiring film for sure. And I completely agree. Mark, what is it? Mark Rylance? Yeah. I mean, that character just stole my heart, like completely from the beginning, but by the end, I mean, you're rooting for that guy more than more than anybody, for sure. So I won't uh, belabor your points too much because I, I definitely agree with you guys. I and mean, it's hard to talk too much about it without getting into too many spoilers because so much of so much of the film is just based around those conversations that um, that were amazing. So slow, but awesome. Are you worried? Would it help? Would it help? Josh, did you see this movie? <laughs> no one has even asked me that yet. I, usually you start out by asking me, and you all ridicule me, and then you move on. But surprise, yes, I saw what? this movie. Oh, my yesterday. gosh. Whoa. So, so tell us what you thought of it. Well, so I recently read a, uh, a New York Times review of, not of this actually, but of the newest Steve Jobs movie, the newest of what, like five, ten that we have now. And so when I'm watching movies for this podcast, I keep feeling like, because this this review was very grandiose and very detailed, and I keep feeling like I'm supposed to have some kind of critical eye toward how the director's treating the script, whether he's just putting it on the screen or making it his own, or how the cinematography plays into the story and all that. But that's not really what I'm calibrated for. I watch movies like I read books. I look for whatever insight the story itself might have into humanity, how it reflects us or exposes us in some way. And that's probably why I don't like tentpole movies very much because they don't do a lot of that. But this movie was pretty much right up my alley. I mean, uh, 
for the first half hour or hour of it, I couldn't help but be skeptical of its timing because its timing feels so intentional. No doubt. It's it's ostensibly, of course, about James Donovan, about Tom Hanks' character and Rudolph Abel and all that. But the first act and or act and a half of the movie really puts the lens right on things that we're dealing with right now. And it's it's not it's barely veiled at all. The question is whether integrity is a national value in the United States. And so this movie seemed maybe a bit preachy, but it was a message that I think people need to hear, so I was okay with it. And there were maybe one or two scenes that felt a little bit out of place. I think Chris and I might be talking about the same thing here. I'm interested to see if we are. Yeah. Overall, it was a very strong movie and what, we, what you'd expect from Spielberg. I was interested to hear that Daniel said it was a, an easy watch because, especially in the beginning of the movie, it was not an easy watch for me. It made me very depressed to the way it, it put the mirror on how on the mob mentality. But we'll, I'm sure we'll get into a little bit of all that later. Overall, I very much enjoyed the movie. So, yeah. Up. Awesome. I'm glad you saw it, Josh. I, that, that's, a, that's good. I am that's too. great. So what I meant by an easy watch, and I think I stand, I, I agree. I think, I think it, this is a film that has a lot to say, and you're right, it does sort of, sometimes it's a little, uh, beats you over the head with it a little bit, especially near the end. Well, we won't get into the end, but, but what I meant by easy to watch is, is um, this is the film, I would, I would recommend this film to my grandparents. You know, this is I would recommend this film to my dad and he will go to this movie and just love it. And it's not it's it's not it's it's not going to cause an argument. It's not going to be hard to understand for uh, for an older viewer or anything like that. It's just, you know, it's a mm-hmm. it, it's a it's an easy film to digest. So that's that's it's not true. necessarily it's a bad clear. thing at all. Yeah, it's very clear. That's that's the way I'm trying to put it. It's a very clear right. movie. And and uh, and that's not necessarily a bad thing at all. But it's just it is what it is. Yeah, you're completely right. That's the first thing we did was recommend it to my parents, and that I can't do that with every movie. So, yeah, you're right about that. Oh, yeah, that's true. No, definitely. I think anybody, if you're a fan of history, if you Mm -hmm. enjoy, again, just like you, Josh, every every once in a while, I enjoy the tentpole movies as well. But the reason why I love sci-fi is because it can tell us a little bit about ourselves, right? A little bit about society, and then. These history films can do the exact same thing by putting up that mirror and letting us look at ourselves through the lens of time and say, boy, are we like that now? What can I do in my present day moment having learned this story uh, from the past? Yeah, I feel like this this is a, a, a film that if if you're old enough to be able to sit down and think about those kinds of things, you should go see this movie. Like, I think it's good for it's a, it's a PG thirteen film. I was surprised by that. Number one, I wasn't expecting. I didn't realize that that was the case. So I feel like it's appropriate for a vast majority of people to see and think about and chew on. So um, I agree. I agree that it's accessible. There, there's no doubt that it is. It's absolutely accessible. It's accessible, but it's not necessarily subtle. Uh, I, I definitely right. think that that totally that yeah. Josh is right, and you can, depending on how you feel when you come into this film, it can reinforce a lot of what you already feel, which makes you like it even that much that much more. And that well, was kind of, that was kind of for me what kept me at an arm's length a little bit, not necessarily the message because I think the message is relevant. I think it's pertinent to what we're going through now, but it it was so blatantly ringing that bell that for a while I felt like this is going to get too much. But then thankfully it navigates out of that, I think. Yeah, yeah that's I, true. I'd be interested to know, um, and maybe this is a time for off the air, but you know, I just, I'd, I'd like to know, Josh, what your specifics, you know, you said it was not, it was not trying to pull any punches or, or be veiled by its current day uh, parallels. So I, I'd be interested to know where you're coming from on that, and exactly what you feel like is so clear and, and parallel. Because I'm not. I mean, I have an idea, but I want to. I'd like to see if we're all on the same page here. So we can talk about but, that yeah. when we get to spoilers. Yeah, I, I agree. Yeah. I agree. But with film can do that. I think it's it's doing a good job. There's no doubt. It, it can start a conversation. So that's good. Yeah. Well, I think there's probably a lot more we could talk about in spoilers than we can really talk about here. So do we want to give our our final assessment, should should they see it and should they see it in the theater? 
Daniel? Yeah, I think you should definitely see it. I think you would be benefited by going to the theater because, you know, it, it does, it's a Spielberg film. It, it looks great. So I think seeing it on a big screen, screen would be great. But it, it is really about the dialogue. It's about the, the script more than anything. So I don't think you would be hurt by waiting for a DVD, waiting for a Blu-ray. But um, I definitely think you should try to see it in theaters for sure. All right, Chris, what about you? Yeah, I don't know the screams you have to see it in the theater, but I think if you're a fan of history, if you enjoy good storytelling, there's no reason not to go see this movie. See it in the theater or even wait till it's available for rent or for purchase. It's Steven Spielberg. This is this is like we had already said a thousand times. He's a master at his craft. He does things so very well. Uh, yeah, there, there's no doubt that you should see the movie just because of his name alone. But I think beyond that, it's a very good movie as well. Mm. Chad, what about you? I think you should see this in the theater. I do. It's uh, It was made for a budget of about $40 million, which is hard to believe. Are you serious? Um, serious, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, it's gorgeous. It is extremely cinematic. This is a movie that is made to be seen in a, a big screen. It's not loaded with special effects, but it is someone using a camera and a lens to tell a story visually on top of a script that has a lot to say. So I think you should definitely see it in the theater. It is unabashedly old-fashioned in the style of the filmmaking and a lot of its uh, sentimentalities. So yeah, I, I would say definitely see it. See it in the theater, and it is, uh, it's something that will be well worth your time. All right. What about you, Josh? Yeah, definitely see it. Um, I think you could probably guess my answer on the second one. <laughs> Take or leave the theater. Eh. But yeah, definitely see it. Yeah, I agree too. I, I also kind of feel like it's a take or leave the theater one, which is interesting. I think that like speaks to the fact that th- this is not going to be, you know, one of Spielberg's most remembered films of all time. But it is a great movie, and I would be shocked if Mark Rylance doesn't get an Oscar nomination. So you should see it just for that. But theater or at home would probably both be okay, in my opinion. But everyone should see it. All right, let's go to spoilers. It's funny. Tom Hanks was great in this movie, but no one's mentioning him because he's done so much else. It's he, the problem when you're yeah. when you're the best. Everything yeah. is. Yeah, what are you going to do? It's just him being him. I feel. Yeah, I do. Actually, thank you for saying that, Josh. Because I, 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 he was awesome. Actually, he's so good. I don't even. But when is he not? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. No, yeah. It's, that that's true. That's true. But you should knock it for you should knock him for always being great, though. You know what I mean? We don't want <laughs> right. to overlook him he, simply because he's always great. He makes it look so easy that we under we don't really value does. it as much. He's the greatest yeah. living American actor, in my opinion. It's just unbelievable. Yeah, yeah. I, it's, just, it's so interesting that you can get on his his level. Like you, you know. You know you're looking at Tom Hanks, but it's it's a character he's playing, which is so interesting because like whenever I see another actor like you know like a Tom Cruise, I see Tom Cruise. You know what I mean? It's not really Ethan Hunt there; it's Tom Cruise. But the way that Tom Hanks does it always just feels like I'm with him. I'm in, I'm in yeah. that that moment with this character. Sure. Well, you've even got you've got actors like that are often cited as some of the best, like a Daniel Day Lewis, for example, who is unquestionably magnificent but most of the things that he does are really a lot of acting right it's like super emotional and just characters that are just to the edges of emotion and tom hanks has that quality that just whatever he's doing you empathize with it and you believe it's a real person which i think is extremely Mm. difficult so i love it love it so let's talk Spoilers. The rule of Fight Club is you do not talk about Fight Club. Well, you look nervous. Is it the scars? You want to know how I got them? But there's so many places it would never occur to a hawk to hide. However, the reason the Führer's brought me off my Alps in Austria and placed me in French cow country today is because it does occur to me. Because I'm aware what tremendous feats human beings are capable of once they abandon dignity. And in a dream, I knew that he was going on ahead. And he's fixing to make a fire somewhere out there in all that dark and all that cold. And I knew that whenever I got there, he'd be there. And then I woke up. Uh, Josh, what were you talking about? 
I I want to I want to hear it from which which part the scenes that didn't work or yeah <clears throat> what what didn't work for you um in the in the film what didn't work for me was how we tied in the storyline for the Americans who were yes. trying to get out yep yep agree uh, yeah the the poker game that wasn't really a poker game and we introduced this whole battalion but we didn't really introduce the whole battalion no I I agree with you it was odd and and you knew exactly where it was going because they, he already said it. You know what I mean? Like he was talking about, well, don't we, should we keep him just alive just in case we need, you know, a, a, a yeah. you know, bartering. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The foreshadowing was, and then yeah, all of a sudden there was a lot to... of foreshadowing in this movie and lots yeah. of other areas too. Yeah, it was but definitely then... on the nose. Yeah. That one was super on the nose though. You knew what was going to happen. There was no, uh, the, the, the foreshadowing wasn't even foreshadowing. It was like neon lights, Here's what's going to happen. Um, it was just interesting. I, I agree. It was a little bit. Uh, it was cut strange. I, I, don't, I mean, obviously, it's what he wanted to do. But I agree that that was that was what I was going to mention. It felt like I didn't know any of those guys. You know, there wasn't really anything holding me to them or really caring a whole lot, except for the fact that we already knew that it was so interesting. We 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 already understood that we need to treat our guy the the Russian we have as best as we possibly can because we never know what's going to happen to the you know an American in in enemy territory. I thought that was so fascinating. Like beginning to think about what we do, other people will do because we have done. Like that's well to me. Like I almost felt like it was deliberate, and maybe I'm giving him too much credit, but it, it felt like. He didn't want us to have as much of an emotional connection with the prisoners that we, that were being traded for. Like our emotional connection was to Abel, uh, you know, the the Russian guy, guy. and guy. and Tom Hanks's character, right? There, but we didn't really get to know the two that were being held. Like we we saw their stories, but it was just like it was like their stories were told in like weird flashes, not like a, in any way that we can actually connect with these characters and. It, it felt deliberate. I'm not sure that I liked it, but it felt deliberate in my opinion. I felt I more. Know, I cared a little students. bit about the student. Yeah, exactly. The student. I, mm. I felt. I felt more. Yeah. Connected. Well, more more for him than the plain guy, but still, I don't know. I don't know what else you can do. The movie was already two hours and twenty four yeah. minutes long, and no, you know, I mean, there's I'm not a, saying add. I'm just saying that it just felt like why even have any of that in there? You know what I mean? Well, like, I mean, you need the context of. How you I mean, don't need to meet them though. You don't, don't need to meet them at all. Exactly. Yeah. That's what I say. You you just show you YouTube. You just show YouTube playing a YouTube plane flying over, getting hit down. Oh, headline. You know, whatever. It, it just felt like an, an unnecessary. If it wasn't going anywhere, right? It just felt like an unnecessary, you know, strain to even have in the film. Yeah, but I think okay. So I took that a different way. I think the film needed those moments to. Yeah, uh, to, break to break up, up what was because otherwise it's literally just Tom Hanks talking to people, but not necessarily in a way that's propelling the narrative. I mean, you've got to. I I'm, saw I'm, I saw that piece more fascinating than anything that was right, happening. But I think you did. I, my response to that would be you did because you had the breaks, even though the breaks that you didn't like to get you away from that. If you didn't have that and the movie was 30 minutes shorter, I, I don't know that it narratively would yeah. work as well. But if I didn't know where it was going, I would enjoy it more. That's all I'm saying is is that it was too well foreshadowed. The moment I saw those army guys in a hotel, I knew that one of them was going to get shot down. Well, of course, but I don't think they're trying to hide that from you, Chris. I mean, that's I think they're just yeah. trying to give you the context of where who they are and where they're coming from and how they got there. They didn't, I mean, it's they didn't like give a, us any, it's not like a mystery like they, they didn't give us any of that though. Yeah, I just they, felt I like it was are, it was dumb like the from. The training, they're sitting there listening to like, here's what you do if you get shot down and pull this and whatever, whatever. And I, I just felt like that was all superfluous and like, I'm pretty sure it was not important at all to the story. Sure. But I see what you're saying about breaking up the, the, the conversations because like I said, that's pretty much all the story is. They, there is not many action points in the story. And, and so I, my maybe that's some of the action. My counterpoint to that would be, I don't. I think we get about this. I mean, maybe a little more, but not much more with the able character. We oh. don't. We. It's true. If you compare screen time, yeah. there's not that big of a difference. He, he's human. I, I felt like he was a fully fleshed out, lived in character. The Americans just felt more like 
Oh, yeah, I'm an American. Oh, I got shot down. Oh, I'm standing in a Soviet not prison, well, but whatever it was, court. Oh. Well, yeah, I, I, well, I think most of the times we get the opposite movie. We get the one that's focused on the American right. that's in captivity. Right. Exactly. And yeah. so, well, and, and so I think it's done just to show we know that story. We've heard that story a million times about we know the the backstory to the American. We don't exactly. need it this time. Let's let's see. So I just think it was done to you know. Exactly I agree right. with you. They didn't spend much time on on the American characters, but I don't think it needed to. I think it was just we got enough to 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 blatantly get what was going on like i said the movie is very you know clear it's not trying to hide anything and so yeah. i think we got enough to remove questions and and i think that's all we needed i, I didn't think it was a bad thing at all i just thought it was no danny what i'm saying is that we needed less not more anyway anything else well, josh what how about for like the parallel what, what did you take away from it what were you thinking that was pretty clear because i was wondering what your uh your well it's i mean it's clear as it's, day it's, yeah, it seems ahead, pretty clear ahead. that it's like the the war on terror parallel, and like, what do we, gotcha. how do we treat it? I mean, we could we could take it even literally straight to Guantanamo. Like, what what? How do we treat people who we we actually don't know the people in Guantanamo? A lot of them are terrorists. We suspect them of being terrorists, but how do we treat those people? And is do we value freedom and humanity as much as we claim to in our founding principles or do we look sideways at people who try to be fair to people we think are are bad in some way because that was the most absolutely the most depressing part of the movie was seeing his his window get shot at and seeing people stare at him on the train and be like this is this is what we are as a country we can't even we know this guy is defending someone we think vaguely is a spy. We don't even know what he did, but this guy's defending him in court, so we hate him. Well, see, I think it's even even more damning than that, honestly, because I think that it is it's pretty clear that he is our enemy. Like it, it's not I, I think that's the most interesting piece of this is that 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 he is our enemy. He is the bad guy, and it's important that we still give him the proper treatment and due course of law. Otherwise, we're no good. That, 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 was, that was the most fascinating thing to me. It wasn't even the, the gray area that, well, is he a good guy? Is he, maybe he's being falsely accused. Um, no, the entire time, he is the bad guy. And the entire time, he fights to get him back to the bad guys. You know what I mean? Well, so yes. No, I, I agree that the movie told us that. What I'm saying is that the people on the bus right, yes, don't no. know much about this case. Totally, totally. And they still feel this strongly. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. No, I agree with you there, but I'm just saying as, 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 us as an audience watching this movie, you're taking away the idea that we know he's the bad guy. The Soviets know the U.S. soldier is the bad guy. What do you do with the bad guy? You know what I mean? Like, how do you treat the bad guy? Uh, or your enemy, I guess, is a better way of saying that. And so that's that's fascinating. It, it is. It's a, it's a good like like we said mirror that you had to look into and say, Ugh, are we measuring up to that? I was very intrigued by the the very end when it to- told the rest of the story of Tom Hanks's character. I thought that was yeah very interesting, and inspiring. So yeah, totally. Yeah, how so many thousands of people? people? Yeah, what was it? Like nine thousand seventy-three people. Yeah, he oh, went man. to get like three thousand, and he got nine thousand or something. So like up to that point, I was like, man, he really did some awesome things, right? <laughs> <laughs> it showed that number, and I was like, oh man, I don't measure up. I'm not a standing man. Yeah, I need to stand. <laughs> yeah, it it definitely it skirts the line, and it's typical Spielberg in the way that he wraps up a lot of his movies with a um, very sentimental kind of coda. But for this movie, for whatever reason, it really worked for me. I mean, the whole thing, even when he came home with his family and they're like, watching yep. him yep. watching yep. the tv thing and then the the look of pride yeah. you know that his wife has <laughs> while she's watching him asleep I was like this is so manipulative but i'm i'm there i'm <laughs> yes. totally there and then of course the what? the the call back to the people on the train this time the woman sees him and smiles at him instead of scowling at him you know it's that all drove that, me nuts right it's all those things that pay off that are very very on the nose and very saccharine sweet but worked for me, even though I knew I was, 
you know, being Game manipulated for yeah. sure. Totally. Yeah, that all that all worked. The only shot that didn't work for me or, or moment was when the kids were running over the fence and he was having the yeah, flashback. That's to, a little too far. I was like, all right. <laughs> yeah, yeah that, that was one step too far. I agree. But I will also say it was really cool to see Checkpoint Charlie because um, I've I've been there and we like toured the whole museum at Checkpoint Charlie and it was. I don't know. It was really cool to to see it it's exactly what it looks like. Obviously, I think they they shot it there, probably. So that's cool. funny you say that. The beginning of the movie, um, we used to live in the D.C. area, and I've been to the International Spy Museum. And the beginning right. of the movie yeah. reminded me of a trip through the International Spy. Yeah. Did we go there true. together, Josh? No, we didn't be there. Did we? I don't think so. Okay. No, but we did go there too. We did go. Yeah. yeah. Anything else we want to talk about? I, I I mean, I feel like we've probably beaten a dead horse but, at this moment, but. The one it's not really spoilery, but the the one moment at the very beginning when we first see James Donovan talking to the other guy about the motorcycle accident, um, I could so hear like that felt like a Coen Brothers moment. Like yeah. there was no doubt because the it was so fast paced and or the, the the dialogue, I could hear it written fast paced. Like I could hear how how maybe they would have done it, but with Spielberg, it was very slow, yeah. uh, and I felt like. That that was where because it was near, very near the beginning of the movie. So at first I was worried because um, it wasn't working for me. That scene didn't work for me because it was just too slow. It was slowly edited um, with what was meant to be fast paced dialogue. I could hear it, but um, but then the rest of the movie he handled obviously I, very very well. I still like that, but that's that's again another example of just kind of the foreshadowing on the nose kind of stuff because it was like. There's the character's journey in a nutshell. He starts off the movie yeah. talking about, what do you mean the one one person hit the five? Well, it's one. If you go bowling and you one knock thing, him down, one, one thing one, happened, one. and then he's at the end, and the whole thing right, is about right. every every life matters and doing all that other stuff. So that's, again, it's not it's not subtle. Nobody will accuse this movie of being subtle, but it's still effective. Interesting. The parallel I would draw was with your guy. He's not my guy. Exactly. He's- Right. Yeah, well, your sure. guy and my guy. I loved that. That was so, it was so good. But it, and you could, I agree with you that it, it was that kind of. Well, it's a go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry. Yeah, it's just a classic contrast. I mean, it's a literal contrast where he's trying to say all five, all five of these things are actually one thing, and at the end, it's the polar opposite where it's everything yeah, counts. True. So, you know. Yeah. No, I no, I agree. I again, yeah, I think that that was an amazing. That was a great callback. I kept wondering how is this going to come into play, and then as soon as the student was picked up i was like gotcha okay all right i see i see where we're going here we've got one they've got two but it's one one thing that was that was good too yeah. i loved it yeah. okay one 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 that's well. one 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 <laughs> give me more spielberg you're listening to the screeners podcast hey thanks as always for listening to the screeners podcast we, I think, have talked enough at this point in the episode, and now it's your turn. So please head over to Facebook where you can like our page. You can leave a comment. We're going to be putting out all kinds of questions and polls and uh, articles over the next couple of weeks. You know, take a look there. Interact with us. Let us know what you like, what you don't like, what you'd like to see more of, what you want us to uh, argue about. Let us know because we want to make this thing as good as we possibly can. Stop by ScreenersPodcast.com, read our show notes. They are spectacular. Every single week, Josh does an amazing job. Send us an email at ScreenersCast at gmail.com. Look, any way you want to get in touch with us, you can. Please do. And until next time, we'll watch movies. (laughs) (laughs) And that's a wrap. You've heard what the screeners had to say. Now you be the critic. Head over to ScreenersPodcast.com and let us know what you think. See you next time.